Hey yo, what's going on, y'all? We are back in this thing with another episode, another edition of the Manly D's podcast. I'm your host, Melly Mel. And you know, join me as always. We got Husky and Beardy. We got my man Drew in the building. What's going on, man? Yo, what's good with it? Let's make some noise this evening. Hey, you know we have- You wanna make some noise. Hey, that, he, making noise, stirring the pot, at least make he ready, you feel me? Uh, and you know, we was down a man last week, so we'd like to welcome back, you know, Life Coach Lace in the building this he, morning. He's back. What's good? We back. <laughs> we back. Let's go. I'm off my deathbed. I'm here. Let's get it. Hey. <laughs> And you know we got your boy T. Roy, aka Pastor Troy. What's going on, man? I am so tickled right now because it, for those who are listening, not watching, not watching, Lace is over here bouncing over here. He is excited <laughs> about being on the podcast. Yo, Lace happy to be back. Y'all yo. just don't understand, man. Millions didn't make it, but I was the one who did. Hallelujah. I was hey, one of those <laughs> We here, bro. Hey, let me run through my script real quick. Um, for those who don't know, uh, follow us on Instagram at Manly Deeds Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Manly Deeds underscore. We're also on Facebook at Manly Deeds Podcast. And catch us on YouTube. Just type in, go in the search. We don't have enough followers just yet. We need 100 followers in order to um, customize our link. We're only at four, so y'all need oh, to we get got on some up work there to do. and help. We got some work to do. Hey, but I forgot to, to subscribe YouTube, to my own podcast. <laughs> yes, you do. So I'm going to go do my joint tonight. <laughs> so go to YouTube and uh, go in the search bar, type in Manly Deeds, make Manly Deeds one word, and then Space Podcast, and we'll pop right up. Hey, bro, I appreciate Troy for plugging the podcast yeah, every man. week. Hey, man, somebody got to do it. Faithfully. Hey Lace, bro, you was gone last week and you missed one of the greatest podcast episodes. Of I believe all time, it. That's bro. how it goes, man. You know how it go when when, when, you, when you down one, you want to show up and do it the right way. So that's how it go, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, we just me and Drew had to tap in. We was like, yo, Lace not here, so we both gonna you know go above and beyond and make him feel like that's he was what missed, it is, yo. Man. So I appreciate y'all, boys. You know, go back and watch that joint, listen to it. You know, I was talking bad about you. For I already like the first know what time it is, man. So. But that's 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 how I know. That's how I know you care for me. You love me, bro. So when you talk bad about hey, me, that's what it is. At least you know. That's what it is. At least you know. Hey, but how how was it surviving the vid, man? I know a lot of people recently caught that uh, Omicron, and they've been down man, bad. Man, it, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, ironically, as you all know, um, I got my booster on Saturday. Um, and then the next day was down bad from what the doctor told me. I obviously had contracted the vid before I got the booster, but at the end of the day, man, it was a terrible experience. It was a long week, a lot of, uh, prayer and just like, yo, I got to get through this thing. It's one of those things where you really can't do much anything. Your body is responding differently. Um, but Hey, we, we, we made it through and we on the, on the men. So that's all that matters at this point. Troy was real concerned, bro. I, I, I Troy, Troy's a good hey, friend, real though. Talk, Troy man. a good brother because he was making soup runs. And he and was, yo. Troy, Troy said, "Look, I ain't know what you wanted, so I'm gonna bring both of them." So that's what it is, man. It's a good. That was a good look. Hey, that's what Absolutely. friends are for. My my question is, uh, how do you know? Do we know if you got the Omicron or if you got? The yeah, it was Delta Omicron. Yeah, it was OG? Omicron. That's what I did um, get. Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently, if you ask him, I didn't even know you could ask him what, you know, variant you have if you test positive. But apparently, you can ask, you know, what you have 
if it, if you show I'm up. I'm not sure. No, nah, she the, the doctor just told me. Yeah, the doctor just told me like, yo, you this is the the strand you have, um, and this is what you need to do X Y Z. Because I didn't even I, honestly, I didn't know I had it. I just knew that again from getting the booster. I was like, okay, I'm I'm, down, I'm just down bad from a reaction from the booster. Um, she was like, nah, you positive and you are a, an extreme positive. I was like, damn, what that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> God, <no>. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I found out. I honestly wouldn't have known if I hadn't have, uh, just went to the doctor for a rant. Cause I thought I had something else to be real. And that's when she was like, nah, you, you got the, you got the vid. I want to let the listeners know, um, as of today, from what I've understood, uh, USPS, um, the U S postal system is shipping out free COVID tests for anybody who goes to their website and just uh, and just request it. All you got to do is type in your information, your email, your address, and they're going to send it straight to yep. your crib. So um, if you would like to get a free uh, COVID test, uh, Drew just had up four fingers. So I think they give you- You get four. Uh, you saying yeah, they you give get four you tests. Four? Yeah, you get four tests. So if you um if you're listening, it's not too late. Uh hopefully it's not too late. You can go ahead and go online and get you a couple tests for free. Dad going shame, we had a time in America where you gotta have COVID tests in your house like they pregnancy tests. Yeah. Wow. It's real, man. It's real. But people was actually on the news complaining about that from the announcement that Troy made. I, I saw a lady on the news complaining about how inequitable inequitable it is. Um, that you can only go online and order the test, which I mean, it's a that's a valid point. But I'm like, what you want them to do? Send a, a a snail mail letter to your house, then you can put in an order. Like, <laughs> what, what you want people to do, man? So, yeah, it's definitely we are in interesting times for sure. Hey, man, y'all need to take this joint serious. We all need to take. I say y'all, we all need to take this joint seriously. Um, uh, I think uh, an official out in California it, uh, news just came out that she uh, she was a, she was anti-vaxxer and she ended up dying oh, yeah. of COVID not too long ago. So, it, uh, hey man, don't make this a political thing. If you're not going to get your vaccine, then go ahead and dig a hole in your house and just stay there until this whole thing is over with. So you don't get because last thing we need is more people checking out because of it. Hey, to keep it a buck. Uh, I'm just waiting for the time frame to pass by so I can get boosted again. <laughs> you want to get another booster? Absolutely. You got one, the first one already? Yeah, I got the first one. To keep it 100 with you, I don't really have any bad side effects from the uh, from the booster. Um, I was solid, but I read an article that said like after 10 weeks, the uh, immunity that comes from that booster uh, significantly uh, decreases after 10 weeks. So... Um, I got it back in November, so I'm just kind of waiting for that time frame. Uh, I'm going to reach out to my primary care physician and uh, see what he says is best to do. Hey, man, I ain't going to lie. Y'all doing way more research than me, man. They say get the vac so you can go outside. So I was making my registration uh, to go do the stuff. <laughs> I ain't got none of the same insights that y'all got. I just was like, yo, I'm trying to be outside. I'm not trying to catch the vid. If I do catch the vid, I ain't trying to be laid up for days you know, at a time. So whatever I got to do to not have to do that, you know, sign me up, whatever. Hey, regardless so, of your reasoning, you know. get it. You know what I mean? It's for it to protect you and others. So, and like I said, with all these variants, you can literally be doing anything and catch it these days. So it's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different than um, previously uh, disclosed. So yeah, man, do what you got to do, regardless of the reason. Melvin, that was my main reason to get the vaccine. It, was, it wasn't necessarily to protect my neighbor. 
It was for me to have permission to go outside <laughs> and not be stuck. I, like, I, I need to be around people. Yep. I felt that. And I wasn't trying to get my grandma sick either. Because the last thing I need to know is that she caught it and I was the one that gave mm, it to mm. her, bro. That's not what I'm trying to have. Hey, so we just going to jump into our segments, man. We got a, uh, I ain't going to say a a rich topic tonight, but I definitely feel like it's going to get real deep, real intellectual. So I don't want to waste all our time, you know, right now. So we just going to go ahead and jump into the wild segment. Uh, for those who don't know if this is your first time listening or first time watching us, we like to have what we like to call the word of the week, where we let Dr. Drew Mar or Life Coach Lace bless us with a SAT word that is going to help all of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sound smarter in our day-to-day livings and just expand our our, our literal, 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 is it literal? Yeah, 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 literacy. literacy. Literacy, literacy, okay, yeah. See, I need the big words already. We we showing show, show and improving while we had a segment right now. Yeah, I, I thought I, that's what you I, were trying I, to say. I didn't know for sure. I just yeah, I was like, yeah, it's spit it I just out. needed you spit to finish the sentence. <laughs> I was trying to get, I was, look, literal, I was trying to make sure literal, I was saying it right. Literal, literal, literal. <laughs> Let me tell Big you tongue, this, one of the most out. embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> One of the most embarrassing things I think back in the day was having to stand Yo, in front of the class. Yeah. One of the most embarrassing things was to have a stand up in front of the class and read in front of everybody, bro. Like and don't trip up on the word and your homeboy being in the back. <laughs> You getting cooked. Oh, yeah. Always. You getting cooked. Always. Yo. <laughs> and see, nowadays, I'm sorry. I know we need to get into the word of the week, but let me say these things. Nowadays, they say, oh, that's bullying. No, that was That was that character was development. That's what that was. That, that was, was character development. I knew, I knew I Lace was going to say character development. I, I knew Lace was going to say character development. I hold strong to that. That's definitely character development. Toxic. Hey, right, so we about to jump into the word of the week. Uh, the word of the week for today it's going to be affable. Sounds like apple. Right. But aff- affable. So A-F-F-A-B-L-E. Okay. I ain't going to lie. I also sound like you cussed at me just now, too. <laughs> hey, so you on your Kevin Hart. <laughs> but nah, affable means being pleasant and at ease and talking to others. So I would definitely say that Lace is affable in most of his conversations. <laughs> I mm. guess I got something to work on because that don't describe me at all. <laughs> <laughs> that did not describe me at all, man. I sound like I got something else to work on. So is this is this word the opposite of last week, didactic? Oh, Troy, you remember the word from last week? Yes. Yo, I'm not You've been taking lie. notes. Troy, Troy definitely been taking notes, bro. Uh, I literally just finished doing the edits for this like, two days ago. So. Well, didn't mean like, didactic is I like mean, teaching. That's like uh, teaching. It is teaching. It's basically described it, me last week. Right. So, no, affable right. would be it's more but so it's just all, pleasant. That's just being like pleasant and engaging. So, oh, okay. I got you. The, got you. But the second definition of uh, didactic is usually like disapproving. So, like, you know, like if you disapprove of gotcha. something. So, that's why gotcha. I think Troy is like, you know, because affable was. Uh, the, uh, the definition described being pleasant, but then didactic last week, it was about like, you know, being something, um, you teaching something in a way that's annoying or unwanted. I got you. Okay. Mm. okay. My mm. aim is to be affable. Yeah. That's, that's definitely that's be my the aim. aim. That's in life. Yeah. I got to work on that, man. I'm going to work on that joint. I'm in the boat with Drew this time. 
That drink didn't describe me at all. I ain't like that word. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't like that word this week. <laughs> hey, hey, man, look, you catch more flies with honey, my guy. Instead, that's of what vinegar. they say. That's exactly what they say. That's what they say. Grandma used to say that. I don't even and like flies, true. so. And it's true. Here's the thing. I think you can. I think you can have a conversation with somebody, disagree, and still be. And still create the atmosphere that you're still approachable. We live in the atmosphere nowadays, like when you disagree with somebody, they automatically write you Correct. off, they cancel yeah, you, yeah. whatever the case may be. But if you can word your if you can word your if you can word what you're trying to say very well. Come on, Troy, get it out. I know. Do it Y'all ain't affable in me right now. Y'all ain't affable me right now. I don't appreciate it. My bad, Troy. Go ahead. I just didn't Mel want to be the only one with speech impediment. You know, that, that thick tongue caught him up. That thick <laughs> tongue caught him up earlier. <laughs> but if you're affable, affable, oh, man. Uh, it allows the opportunity for communication to continue to remain open. That's real. But I, I, to your point, Troy, I think a lot of people they want to win arguments or win discussions when it's, uh, it's really not about winning and losing. It's about having a sound conversation and creating understanding. And many people don't do that. You can disagree and not be disagreeable. You know what I'm saying? So though, that's really what, where people struggle for real. Cause it's about a win and a, and a loss when really nobody, mm -hmm. win. you ain't got to win. I just want to, Hey, I understand you better. You understand me better. We keep it pushing. That sound like the uh, chat uh, that we had in the text message the other day. Did it not? I don't like how y'all <laughs> subliminally trying to have a conversation. <laughs> I don't like hey, how y'all presenting yourselves hey, right now. With don't this be talking about me like I'm not here, bro. And I don't appreciate it. Exactly. Well, let's bro. just go ahead and put it on out there then. Let's air out the draws. All right. No, we're not going to air out the draws. Melvin Is it go and Drew was going okay, back go ahead. and forth. Arguing about stuff that no one really was like. <laughs> so let me actually let me tell you what really happened. We always having a, a very a very uh spirited dialect in the in the group chat, but then when it became a little bit too spirited for some, they slid to the background like Homer Simpson in the bushes and left me out there by myself. <laughs> To, to, to talk to to talk to Drew because was it you me? and Lace you and Lace was talking just as much I was as me. Dying. And I was still trying point, to get right. What are you talking <laughs> about? Nah, bro, nah, bro, nah, bro, nah. Everybody, hey, everybody man, in that J was I can't talking. Transition on no argument, man. <laughs> everybody in that J was talking, and then after a certain point, Lace and Troy intentionally got quiet and then left me and Drew in this conversation by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it ended. And then Troy no. tried to come back six hours later and put a thumbs up on one of the comments at 2 a.m. in the morning where everybody was sitting. No. No. That's not what happened. Hey, honestly, I, I don't even know what the, I really don't even remember what the back and forth was. Even this is what we were talking about. This is what we was arguing about. First, first of all, before we even get into the conversation, Pastor Ty got to come to the front of the oh, congregation. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we, got we got to talk, talk about, about this him. real quick. We got to talk, talk about it. Because this was this what started the whole conversation. Me and Drew was going back and forth about uh formal uh formal education as it relates to seminary pastoring and preaching oh, gotcha, and teaching gotcha, stuff gotcha. like that and i don't want to say that we on opposite sides of the fence because i agree with a lot of his arguments about why people need formal education in terms of seminary my statements and i'm a whole true to this for the rest of my life is that i feel like when we talking about 
Jesus and preaching and teaching and all that in the religious environment, I said, I feel like there is a, a, a very great tendency for people to start to lean on their classroom education more so than their spiritual experiences and uh, revelations that they receive from heaven. So they start to speak more from their brain and intellect of, I studied this in class and less from the Lord revealed this unto me through prayer, fasting, scripture, and seeking his face. That's what I was saying based on, you know, the whole Michael Todd situation. And that's my, where the conversation so, started. My, hold on. So, Drew, Troy, nah, you, bro, nah, hold up. Nah. <laughs> Let Troy, Drew get it all, Troy. Go ahead, bro. Hey, bro. So, I guess I my point wanna, is, so first of all. I just want to make my favorite quote, my favorite quote from this whole conversation. I just want to, that's it, and you can go. That's my <laughs> Don't do it yet. Quote from that <laughs> Don't do it yet. Troy, was. say it after Drew, because I know what you're about to say. <laughs> Let Drew say Troy. it after Drew because I know what you're about to say, Troy. Go ahead, Drew. Go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, Drew. Um, yo, to bring it to the forefront, I guess we gotta talk about Michael Todd. Um, there's a story in scripture where you know Jesus spits on the ground, he mixes it with dirt, he makes clay, he puts it on a blind man's eyes. That man receives sight. Uh I don't know who uh is Michael Todd's friend, <laughs> if any, <laughs> but my man's got on stage. He had who we now know to be his, uh, I'm assuming, biological brother. Not only did he spit, he like make sure made sure that he cleared his throat and got yeah. He hocked a loogie, joint. bro. Not once but twice, a loogie. Um, smeared it in his hands, then smeared it on dude's eyes. He can and, see, by the way, know, just so everybody he can see. So he can <laughs> already see. So, so, the, so the illustration, uh, not the to illu- be confused with a blind man who needed right, his sight. So the, he already the can illustration see. started off. Patchy at best. Yeah, that's real. Um, so with that being said, you know, I made the comment that I feel like, you know, um, his actions are uh, indicative of the fact that, at least to my knowledge, and I can be corrected, I don't think Michael Todd has any seminary training or education. And in my experience, I think there's been more harm to the body of Christ by people who've hid behind hid behind the anointing. So I can't tell you whether or not God told you something, but I can know whether or not you're educated. And so I would disagree with Melvin in regards to speaking from intellect because I I deem God to be an intellectual. And I think there's scriptural evidence for people who studied. You know, Paul had Gamal, uh, Elijah studied, Christ studied, and then Christ taught in the temple. And so as opposed to uh, intellect being at the forefront and then God being I think what Mel is saying is that intellect being primary and God being secondary, I think that revelations can come through when I've read something, whether that's, whether that's a commentary. And so like when you are reading commentaries or Bible plans or whatever the case may be, those are a result of somebody studying and somebody using their experience to be able to help you come to a revelation. And I think that if Michael Todd, not even in a, a formal sense of seminary, had some tutelage, like if he sat under somebody, um, that he would be in a better place for him to think that he was going to spit in somebody's eyes and it was going to be received well. Well, for my go favorite. ahead, go ahead, Troy. Go ahead, Troy. <laughs> go ahead, Troy. Then I'll then I'll jump in. I just I just want to say this one part now. My favorite part from this back and forth conversation that we had via text was from Melvin, and he said, and I quote. <laughs> he can't even get it out. He can't even get it out, Joe. He said. He said Dudes just need to get a study Bible, go to get on the internet and go to work. And, you know, get to work. And I was, I died laughing. Get to work. Right. Like, and get to, get to work. work. Get you a study Bible, get on the internet, and get to work. 
That's it, bro. But to to that's to, it. Um, both points. I think that both of y'all have valid points. As somebody who has watched Michael Todd um, over the last probably two and a half years, um, he's not uh, foreign to illustration. And what he what he does mm-hmm. is always over the top. He's just an over the top kind of guy. Um, and I think that is a part of mm-hmm. who he is within his ministry. So not knocking it, that fits for some people. Um, and for others, it doesn't. I've always thought, I was like, yo, why does he always give these just like wild illustrations about, for me, somebody who grew up in the church, very basic Bible stories and knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's something mm-hmm. that's like, you know what I mean? Oh, I, he did this. I'm like, oh my God. Christ really did that? No, I can read what he did and saw that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need to, to see him, you know, hawk a loogie in his hand and wipe it on somebody's face. So for me, that illustration was just like wildly out of pocket. But if you have watched his work, I mean, even how he obtained his church, the growth that his church has had, um, the type of um, engagement that he has with, you know, representing Christ to the world, et cetera. That's just his niche. Um, and individuals who are in school, individuals who are um, really ingrained in, in kind of the nuances of church and those kinds of things, you can see it from a mile away. But it's really the, that this mm-hmm. new church vibe that that people are, that, that are giving off, hence why he does a lot of the things that he... So ultimately... When I heard about it, it didn't necessarily surprise me. I was just like, yo, he he just he out of pocket, but it didn't necessarily surprise me, to be quite honest. Well, what I was gonna say is there's two the uh the arguments that Melvin and Drew had, they are very valid arguments. My personal opinion, I don't think either one of them is the reason why he reason why this came about. My personal my personal thoughts about how he got to this point of doing an illustration is um he got to a point of feeling himself pride correct correct and then he got to a point of there was no accountability correct so, yeah it's yeah. so many people and i i believe that if he, one of two things either he did run this by his people and they were like i i guess yeah go ahead or he didn't run it by anybody at all and so uh had he had ran it by somebody who has who has some seasoning in them just just to know culture. I don't think you need to to uh need much education to understand culture. You need experience. Um, but somebody who is who's a little bit more cultured to realize, hey bro, you know, we in a we we in COVID season right now. Like, why would you even do Correct. something like that? Correct. So that that's my personal so, opinion so, on that whole joint. So for two points, for what, what Lay said about like this new church, that kind of goes into my point. And I think the reason that we have like this new church, that's completely different. Like you look at, so I'm going to use Stephen Furtick, for example, Elevation Church. And then you think about the church you went to with your grandmama and she had the candy in her purse. Those are two different church experiences. Oh, for sure. And I think the failings, and I think the failings of the old church or why we have the new church because there's an overcompensation of this. This does not work for my generation. We're going to do our whole new thing and we're going to freestyle it. But to Troy's point, I think that when you have, like he said, feeling himself and I would attribute that to, you know, I leave that alone. My point is, is the simple fact of this is that I feel like in some instances, black people have gone straight from the slave master to the pastor. And that there's this, uh, corporal mentality that when a black person has a title of bishop, apostle, pastor, whatever the case may be, whatever he does, it goes unchecked. 
to go to Troy's point about there's no accountability. So you have these one man shows. There's no deacon board. There's no elders. They just kind of do what they want to do. And if they do have accountability, it's people who are not strong enough or pose no threat to them to say, hey, I think that's right. But a lot of people seek that, though. A lot of people seek having no accountability or nobody that's going to um, check them. And a lot of these new age churches and how people get down in church is built from past church hurt the old school way and those kinds of things so it's it's definitely a a myriad of reasons as to how we get to certain places or how people find you know their covering if you will um as to why they're a part of a church because yeah i ask people all the time why you why do you go to that church what what has drawn you to this or drawing to that and half the time it's never about what's being biblically taught to be quite honest with you so mm-hmm. i can't agree with you a hundred percent maybe like 80 percent, because i feel like black people have always been extremely critical in the church setting oh yeah, yeah especially yeah. as it relates to you know passion and stuff like that so i definitely feel like there's accountability uh especially in the black church someone being out of pocket because black church well it, they, 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 they normally account accountability or, you know about certain things when it comes to how you living and money outside of that it's free reign. I mean, think about it. <laughs> hey, think, hey, think that's about what it. I'm saying, if, bro. If that's you, real. If you talk about church, yeah, talk about church money, go lose their mind. I mean, try to pave a, a driveway at the church, <laughs> or, or try to put try to put, try to put a new kitchen in the church. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know. I've been a PK my whole life, so I've seen it all. I hear so, you. literally, hear you. you talk about that or how somebody let somebody get pregnant at church. You you think the whole church go shut down, but it's it's literally n- normally never about the teaching, real talk. And and what Lace is talking about, if I if I can give it a vocabulary word, is re- reactionary accountability instead of um, proactive accountability. So proactive accountability is like, hey, before I go read this, before I go do this message, can y'all? Can y'all make sure review my message for me, my illustration for me, uh, you know, before I go up? That's what you would do with the elders. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't like that. I, I personally don't like that. Um, and it's bec- it's all because of pride. It's all because of pride. And I've had to adopt the whole point of, all right, if I'm going to be teaching, leading these people, I first of all, I can't do it by mm-hmm. myself. This is not a I don't I do not believe that uh, that we are in a Moses, Jos, uh, um, uh, Joshua type of generation, you know, where millions of people are just led by one person. I believe it takes a I, team. I believe it yeah. takes a group of people. We even see we even see with Jesus, you know, he had a group of 12 who did. They did all of their work, although he was the the main point of uh, uh, for, for the whole movement. But I think we are in a uh, in a generation where we need to have the proactive accountability uh, ahead of, ahead of time before we go forth uh, in front of people because what ends up happening is man, TMZ grabbed this whole article and then and then broadcast broadcast it on their whole and you know TMZ automatically has a a a, a, a bad reputation. A following. Yes, and so. And what happens is the masses grab it and then they run with it. First of all, not even knowing the full. And um, um, somebody said this once before. Um, as soon as the offense happens, they don't care about what happens Correct. after that. Yeah, yeah. So the next day, 
uh, what's today, Tuesday? I think it came out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Michael Ty issued a whole addressing mm-hmm. of what he did. He recanted and all that type of stuff. But people not looking for that, though. Not at all. Not at all. The offense has already happened, and they running wild with this. And this is reason why I, I imagine in the, in the barbershops this upcoming week, it's going to be oh, crazy. Sure. And ain't nobody going to even notice him uh uh apologizing for what he what he did. So we have to be extra careful in how we prepare ahead of time before we actually go out and we And the other lens of that too, Troy. I mean, just the whole basis of his church and the and the movement is, you know, representing uh Christ to the world, etc. What if this was the only thing that they that somebody saw? So you've lost Facts. um a, you know, within doing exactly what you're striving to do from an illustration that was not even necessary if you ask me from jump. So it, it like you said, it's truly about accountability and, and proactive thought. That's the thing. And I, I, you know, it, his apology was twofold because I definitely think that, and I'm not trying to, cause I'm not perfect. You know, like the other, uh, the other week I sent Troy um, something that I wrote because I'm like, you know, I need a buffer cause I need to know like what I wrote was, um, was biblically sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, was it sound doctrine? Because I know that, you know, from a physical sense, I may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. or I may be the only representation of God that somebody ever sees. So it's super important. That's why there's a great so much weight on pastors or ministers or really anybody that calls themselves a Christian because we're all supposed to be evangelists. And so he issued out the apology. Um, I didn't really think he like apologize, apologized. I thought it was like a half apology. It was like, hey, I got backlash for this. So now I have to do this to fulfill this requirement. You know, it's like the same thing. Somebody get caught up in something. They go to the notes app on their iPhone. They type something <laughs> out. Then they take and then they take a screenshot of it. And then they post it on social media and be like, yo, my bad, whatever the case may be. I just want for people of color specifically to do better and raise the bar as it relates to those who are chosen and led to spiritually guide them. You know, uh, old folks say all the time, God doesn't call to qualify. He call, He qualifies to call. So what is the basis for qualification? Like, you know, it doesn't. And, you know, to Mel's point, it doesn't have to be formal seminary education. But I just I've seen too many people hurt and too many groups be marginalized from in the body of Christ because somebody just got up and is freestyling. I just want to go on the record saying that y'all been proving my point for the last three minutes about how black churchgoers are extremely critical of passion and leadership and things that go on in church but i appreciate y'all words and y'all's you know thoughts and views as a pk and a future pastor and a current pastor um i appreciate all three different perspectives that y'all just gave i just want y'all to know that that black people are extremely critical of what goes on in church and leadership and teaching you know at different levels they may be critical but nobody's gonna make a move look we know black church people we gonna as soon as service is out and cats are standing around their cars they're gonna be talking about everybody but there's no action to there's no action to it bro i'm i'm gonna talk about my hometown i can name you five congregations offhand well, I know people aren't being fed, right, but they're going to stay out of there. Name, because them, of name them off right now so people know where not to go. <laughs> hey, bro, I can't do that, dog. <laughs> I can't do that, bro. I tried to catch him slipping. Hey, I tried to catch him slipping. <laughs> can't do that, dog. But I will tell you, um, I, I apparently I'm late. I have to read this book for, um, for seminary, uh, The Miseducation of the Negro. You know what I'm saying? Woodson basically talks about um, the uneducated, you know what I'm saying, minister. And in any other field, there would be an education requirement. And it almost made me think of, you know, uh, 
it almost made me think of Greek life. You got cats who didn't necessarily succeed in any other arena of life. So then they going to jump into this to sustain them or to build off of it. And I see too many cats in ministry. Like somebody said that, you know, like Michael Todd, he was a lame. He figured out, you know what I'm saying? Like how to be good in ministry. And then that's where he kind of got his mojo from. And so, you know, Woodson basically talks about the simple fact that, um, in any other field, you have to go get education and there should be no different requirement. And I know there was no masses of divinity, no demon in biblical times, but I feel like that God has granted us education. He's granted us the ability to have the internet and we should make the use of what he's given us, not necessarily for our own benefit, but for his benefit. And so if we didn't have connections and resources like the internet, we wouldn't know half of the information that we know. We wouldn't even be on this podcast right now. Right. So get you a study Bible, use- get on the internet, and get to work now bro so what so what happens when you find conflicting views on the internet how do you decipher what's right that's the thing it's it's the same way that it's the same way that happens in class if you were to go to seminary there was conflicting thoughts between professors or other people in the classroom you know what i'm saying that's when i say again if you're really seeking the face of the lord and asking him for wisdom asking him to give you discernment and revelation about what you're reading it'll be a lot easier to discern which is right. And you and also have wrong, to know where, where you, you where you land and where you stand, because, again, white supremacists read the same Bible that you read. So, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> you, you <laughs> can dumb. discern that or have a revelation in that that is vastly different than what is written. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it can go a, multi, a multitude of ways um, and how it is applied. I ain't going to say people are discerned it, as much as they are manipulating People like to use the word uh, revelation yeah. and discernment and all that interpretation. Interpretation is a word that I actually hate amongst the, the church community because a lot of time it's not really interpretation. It's people manipulating the scripture to benefit of an course, argument or a viewpoint that they have. So I don't necessarily Because you can make believe, the Bible say look, look whatever you want Look at Troy's face. Look at Troy's face. You can make the Bible say whatever you want to say. You can take yeah. any scripture out of the Bible with no context, whatever you want, and frame it to, to whatever viewpoint you want to frame it to. So that's not interpretation or revelation to me. That's more like manipulation. I'm smiling. I'm smiling because that Melvin onion, that, that layer is being peeled back. I'm learning more and more about you, baby. I didn't so know, know you had this. I got it in so me, Troy. I just don't use it all the time. So, Mel, let me ask you this, like a, a sincere question. So let's say you got somebody and y'all studying Paul's letters, right? Or the 13 letters that are attributed to Paul. Would you deem it beneficial if you knew the context or not necessarily, you never know his true frame of mind, but would you find it beneficial to know, you know, like when he wrote to the church in Philippi, what he was doing or what he had going on in each of those cases and why he made, um, what is it? Who wrote it, why they wrote it, when they wrote it, and who were they writing it to? You would would you find that beneficial or you feel like that's not necessarily necessary to have? I always think that context is necessary. Uh, context around the story, context around what is written. Uh, I don't necessarily just equate that to church. I equate that to everything because words without context, you know what I'm saying, are meaningless. Mm. So um, do I need to know who wrote every single letter in the Bible, who, what town they were in, whatever, and all that? I don't necessarily believe I need to know that, but it would help me to... Um, have context and understanding around the community in that time. So that's where I agree with you a lot of time when you're saying about education and understanding context. But what I am saying is that you don't necessarily have to be in a formal classroom, a formal setting to know those things because you can get you a study Bible, (laughs) you can get on the internet and you can get to work. So uh, you can just build context around those things. There are specific, you know, instances like we're talking about right now in, in terms of interpretation and things because people have no context. 
So they're just right. taking the words yeah. however they want to take them and they're framing them however they hey, want look, to Hey, look, man, at the end of the day. But if you get a study Bible. Some, go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. Finish your point. No, I'm just saying, if you get if you get a study Bible, somebody had to study and go to class to make <laughs> that study true, Bible, bro. Which is true. That's true. Which is true. Look, I'm just you, trying to make it the point, translated. I don't, I don't know what Paul wrote. I think you're missing the point. I don't know what Paul wrote. I don't know why he wrote it. You know what I'm saying? Look, I'm just trying to make it in, baby. So, hey, I can answer that at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I, I understand your point and why you're kicking it the way that you are, but I just think the I think the part that you missing, Drew, is that I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't believe that classroom education is synonymous with spiritual growth. Because a person can tap into their intellectual self as much as they want and have no spirit, no discernment, no foundation, no relationship with Christ. And as we keep having this conversation, relationship comes from up and down from heaven to man and not from you looking down at your textbook or whatever it is that you, you know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't believe that formal education and seminary are synonymous with someone's spiritual growth, spiritual level, as far as, you know, equates to that. That's, that's my argument. I'm never disagreeing with you about people needing to, or the usefulness of someone going to seminary and stuff like that. I would never say that. I actually rock with that because I do, I am aware that there are some people who will go to seminary for the sake of a job, not for, sure. for the sake of for sure. doing good, mm -hmm. but for the sake of, I'm going to get this education. I'm going to use this education as a pathway get into a church. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm going to get money off of it. it. They don't, they don't necessarily have a desire to be uh, what Jesus told Peter. Um, I'm, yeah. Jesus told Peter to do at the end of John chapter 21 Hey, uh, uh, shepherd my sheep, feed my sheep. Um, uh, they don't have that desire at all. Um, one of the things that I also want to add to, uh, what Melvin said about the whole, hey, um, get you a study Bible, work that internet and get to work. One thing I would say <laughs> about that is that is very true. Like I, I feel in some cases that some people, uh, um, for sake of for lack of better words, jump over. Don't utilize the resources that they currently have, and they automatically jump into. All right, let me go. Let me go. Let me go here. Versus utilizing the resources that they have, there are uh, there are plenty of books and things like that that can help with uh, spiritual formation and things of that nature, and also uh, helping you understand how to read the Bible and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I, and, um, so I will, I will credit him for that. And I also will say that, um, without knowledge, uh, because of lack of knowledge, the people should sure. perish. So there is a need for people, for some to, in order to go forth and get that formal education and get that knowledge, um, in order for, in order to help the new generations learn who are coming forth and stuff like that. So I actually, I see, I see both sides of the of the coin and i i want to re restate my uh my sentiments what i said last night i wasn't this i'm not trying to uh uh not pick a side because <laughs> i i don't want to i don't want to uh you know um uh play play the middle but in actuality i think both yeah it's a both and yeah it's, it's definitely a both and I also would like I, to um, let the record show that Troy did disappear to the background like Homer Simpson, <laughs> and he just admitted. Now, let me tell you why. <laughs> let me tell you why. Because 
y'all were y'all were I don't think y'all were hearing each other. Correct. No, they definitely won't. And that's so, that's them though. That's 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 their they were personality. Not, so <laughs> and that's why I didn't say nothing because I'm like, for what? I mean, so, so y'all did disappear. No, again, so y'all did I was disappear. Dying. Um, but I I know y'all I know y'all well enough to know that at the end of the day. Y'all respect each other, and that's just who y'all are. Y'all are both very strong-headed, strong-willed individuals, and it it goes back to what I said earlier. Y'all like to be right, and it's not a right in this. It is truly a better. <laughs> well, understanding. I didn't know that, but I was agreeing with him most for most of the stuff that he was saying, though. Well, I didn't know that hey. they respected each other. Let me go ahead and put that on out there. That's part of the reason why I backed up. Hey, first of all, and first then, of all, Mel and I had a conversation at your house. And you were upset and nervous, and things were completely calm. But yeah, I, that's, that's another true. conversation for another time. Well, that's my point I is, is never that experienced the context of our friendship of y'all going back and forth like that. Troy has never that watched us have a spirited dialogue. Troy has never watched us have a spirited Look, dialogue. This is my point. And now I, that I have heard Melvin, I will say this: I'm not equating seminary education to spiritual growth. Um, actually, a theologian said this, and it messed me up. He said, Satan knows more scripture For than sure. I do. He was there. Was like, Where are we trying to go? Right. What you talking about? <laughs> right. He was there. Right. <laughs> look, bro, the way he, look, bro, I was reading the book, and that was just the first sentence, bro. There was no lead in, bro. And it took me off guard. You know, you read something that's like, you know what I'm saying? That's real. But I said that to say, even though I don't know every line of the Bible, I've grown spiritually. What I'm saying is, is that leaders in the church have to make sure that they have tools in their toolbox that will only come from you being around like-minded people, um, like-minded people to be sharpened. So if I didn't have, you know, I won't say their names, but like, you know, um, clergy members that are mentors and I'm telling them about things that I'm experiencing, they won't be able to tell me that. You're absolutely right. Like as an individual basis, you can definitely grow in spirituality by yourself. What I'm saying is, it's like, it's like that, um, uh, Troy, not to put you on the spot, Troy put a, a YouTube video in the chat and it was basically like a dude. It was very interesting. He talked about how people force themselves to be in these leadership positions, but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily their lane. Uh, you know, in a seminary, uh, uh, Dr. McKenzie says all the time, all y'all ain't supposed to be preachers and all y'all not supposed well, to be pastors. Well, church is the, the worst, one of the worst offenders so, of that. Period. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yeah, well, that's Absolutely. because people like the, like to be able to say that they are full-time ministry. I'm in full. I'm in full time ministry. I My thing is, how the hell do you the, even the, become an apostle a job. at this in 2022? <laughs> how do you do that? Hey, hey, lace, don't do it. Lace, don't do it. Lace, don't do it. Lace, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't now, do it. Don't do it. For our listeners, for our listeners, lace made a, a very interesting point. He said, "How can you be an apostle in the year 2022?" And for those who don't know, an apostle was an individual by title. Apostle is an individual who walked with like Jesus physically, right? Physically and saw Jesus in his physical nature. So, biblically, to have the title of apostle, it means that you have actually been in the presence of Jesus physically or seen him. Hey, I just want to let everybody know um, if y'all don't want to invite either of these two <laughs> brothers to your church, I understand. <laughs> Well, you ain't got to worry about me coming because if you got got an apostle in front of your name in 2022, I'm not coming. So you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) I'm not going to dirty up a shirt to come to some bull crap. Super fast. (laughs) 
Now, Bishop, <laughs> I rock with a bishop, though. I rock with a bishop. But Troy, yeah. let me ask you this. But now I know a couple of cats that said they're an apostle because they plant churches. That's a bishop. Mm. Hey, y'all gonna have to give me credit for Bible three hundred something before this. <laughs> Hey, like y'all, we want we just so the, for the listeners and the viewers, we weren't even supposed to be talking about right. this tonight. But we the open, we weren't even supposed to be on this tonight. This wasn't even the topic for tonight. But since we here, we gonna stay here, and we gonna save this content for next week. The ne uh, next conversation for next week. But let me, but y'all gonna give me credit for this or something, talk. bro. Let me. I need a certificate or something. Let me even slightly like touch on the conversation that we had during the text, and this might take us in a different direction. So Melvin was like, I slid in the background like Homer Simpson did in the bushes in that meme. In actuality, uh, I don't have a problem with people being wrong. If you want to make your statement, I, I, I'll say my I, I have a I am I am really at peace when I make my statement and I did make my statement in the in the text message. And if and if y'all want to continue to talk, you are welcome to talk. But I what what was I what was I supposed to say? Y'all was both making good good mm -hmm. points. The problem is y'all just won't hear right. each other. Right. We were hearing each other just fine. Thank you. <laughs> y'all all right, y'all listening. <laughs> we Hold literally on, were you? hearing each other and listen we just cuz we uh we text fast don't mean that we they not were listening very, to They were very passionate about their <laughs> Y'all were missing each other. They were very points, passionate man. about their individual. He was missing my point. I was hearing his point. He was missing my point. Nah, and maybe I didn't. was maybe. missing my point. <laughs> and also, Mel, you Drew just alone. so so. Let me say that I was not, and I, I do that, Troy, because I, if you're gonna argue with me about something, I need to know that you all the way believe in what you're arguing, and you all the way understand hey, what you're arguing about. This is where the pettiness comes. So hey, I'm bro, a, you gotta so be I'm committed around Mel. You gotta, you gotta be, be committed, committed You gotta be committed to argue with me, bro, because I'm gonna take you, you are there. Very captious. I, I am, bro, and didactic at the same time. Hey, look. Um... I definitely was hearing Drew's point and I wasn't missing it. Y'all just don't understand that Drew is extremely passionate about education in general. It don't matter if it's seminary education, real life educate, like elementary school, high school, middle school education. He's very passionate <laughs> about education. 12, folks. So K when I started to attack, when I started to, okay, K-12. <laughs> when, 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 <laughs> See, he's being captious right now. Elementary, too. middle Yo. school, high school, K through twelve. I'm just saying, bro. Whatever. <laughs> hey, yo, Lays. This the first time. This the first time where I ever felt like I didn't want you on the podcast. <laughs> hey, look. Drew is just very passionate about education, bro. So when I started, whenever I start to attack formal education, which is something that he greatly believes in, he becomes very spirited and passionate about his argument. So he felt like I was missing his point because I didn't want to agree with what he was saying in totality. And sometimes Drew, when he's arguing with me, feels like I'm not listening to him if I don't agree with what he's saying because he feels like if I was really listening, there's no way that I wouldn't agree. <laughs> And I was disagreeing with what he was saying, but I was hearing him 100%. I'm just saying we was hearing each other's thoughts. That's it all. Possible, is it possible for y'all to walk away from a conversation knowing that you got your points off, but the person didn't change their mind and you be at peace? Yeah, me and you uh, do it yeah, all the time. But that's, that was but, not, that's that's what I'm not saying. the case last night. Well, yes, it today. was, bro. 
Y'all cast was going at it today. First of what all, what we talking about today? I, we was talking about education, equitable, but that's another pivot. Equitable, oh, listen, yeah, but we won't argue. We was just saying different viewpoints. Go ahead. But this is my point, and this, and I segue uh, to this because <laughs> it looked like we got a little bit of time left. Look, <laughs> so now that I, so now that I have a clear picture of what Mel was saying. Individual, everybody, every single church member doesn't need to go to some. I would, I would implore you to get into a small group and a good Bible teaching church, uh, and go to Bible study under somebody that, that you trust I under like their that. leadership. If that is your journey to Bible within study. the body, because some people just want to go to church and make it in, bro. That's real, but but my but my argument is is that for you to know what's going on on Sundays. And if you country like me, you got to show up on Wednesday nights. I definitely do advocate for Bible study oh, for because sure. yeah, Sunday yeah. services is more like a one-way conversation and I don't get to ask questions <laughs> and really dive into what you're talking about. So I yeah, rather enjoy going to Bible study because then that allows me to ask my questions, which I do have a lot of. So, you know, I do like to ask those. So I, I, have a, I actually enjoy Bible study more than Sunday service, if I'm being 100. Mm. But that's what I'm saying. You gotta have yo as leadership. You gotta have tools in your toolbox. If you're gonna be a principal of a school, you're gonna have to have that K through twelve administration certification. And you probably in this day and age, most principals, I would argue, have a doctorate. Very you know true. what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the standard. And, and for you to be able to get uh, into um, uh, secondary education, you know, administration, you got to be able to show the credentials. And so, um, I'm speaking from my own past trauma and hurt that. Uh, you know, when cats get up in the pulpit and start freestyling, uh, you can damage people's lives forever. And I think that's showcased when you go on Twitter and you search Michael Todd, all these people saying, like Troy said, this is why I left the church. This is why I left the church. This is why I left the church. So but to my to what Troy is referencing about today, I feel like education as a whole, as a system has failed black America. Um, and I think that it is evident in the data, disproportionate. Uh, disciplinary actions towards black males, um, black females are underly represented in STEM. And I just think that, again, referencing the miseducation of the Negro, um, we have some work to do on either we're going to create our own system or we're going to make amendments to the current system. That's a whole nother podcast. And that's exactly what we were supposed to be talking about tonight, but we never got there. So I got two points to what you just said. Number one, uh, I don't like that people try to use this is the reason why I left church. This is the reason why I left the church. A lot of people didn't even want to be there to begin with. And now you just look to attach your reasoning for not being there That's to real. something. You didn't want to be there to begin with. So don't Melvin. say that this is the reason. Melvin, who are you? Who Troy. are you? I, Troy, there's a lot of stuff that I don't showcase on this podcast, bro. And I'll tell you why later. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to be there to begin with. So don't hit don't hit me with the this is why I left church, this is why whatever, this is why whatever. And that's other people's problem, bro. That's really people's problem. Y'all coming to church looking at what other people got going on. You worried about what someone else doing down mm. in the other pew. And church is supposed to be for you. Your relationship with Christ is supposed to be your relationship with Christ. You ain't going to church looking and thinking for nobody else. You ain't going. You ain't coming because what such and such doing. So definitely don't say you ain't coming because of what such and such doing because I ain't got nothing to do with you. You know, so stand on your own. If you didn't want to be there, just say, I didn't want to be there. Just say, I'm not feeling it. But don't be trying to put your reason for not coming to church on other people. And I'm not minimalizing some trauma that some people may have been through because there are some real things that go on in the church. And nice. we we can't lie about that. But if you're not one of them people, miss me with all the rest of the stuff that I just talked about. If you are one of them people, <laughs> I understand. I pray for healing towards you. I pray that God, you know, rest your soul and all that. And I, now, I mean that real. from the bottom of my soul. And uh, so that's number one. Number two, um, 
in terms of education, I don't I wouldn't say that the education system has completely failed black people in its entirety. I can't say that because we have a lot of educated black people just like yourself who went through that same you know, system. So I can't, I, I, what you're saying is real. All that stuff does take place. I just can't say that the educational system has 100% failed the black community and black people because the people hey. that I'm talking to on this podcast is evident that in some way, shape or form, the educational system was of a benefit to you and continues to be of a benefit to you. And hey, I'm about to get into my nickname, <coughs> Dr. Drew Moore. And because, education does right. not just happen in the classroom. Education happens in more than one form. So we can't just rely on the educational system to educate our black people and our black hey, bro, children and build our community. I'm saying Go ahead, Dr. that the Drew United Moore. States, I'm saying the United States Department of Education has failed black and brown children. And as Dr. Umar said about, you know, yeah, we um, Umar. you know, we, what did he say? We got, uh, we got a hundred new black aristocrats, a hundred new black millionaires, and everybody's like, "Oh wow, this is great." It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Obama became president because you need to look at the median quality of life for an entire ethnic group. So it doesn't matter that the four of us are college educated, and I'll tell you exactly why. My parents are extremely educated, and all of their friends are educated. So it's easy for me to conceptualize that everybody has college education or has the amount of education that I do. But that's not the case. Mel, you even told me yourself, the number of people who do not have a college degree in America is a is a large number. So when we look at test scores for black and brown children, we have to be honest that there's what we call an achievement gap. I wouldn't even have a job if the achievement gap wasn't real. So we have to ask, and I'm sure you have a response for this, why are black and brown children underperforming at alarming rates as opposed to their counterparts. So when I say in totality, I'm talking strictly about the numbers, you know, the whole uh, seminary, you know, that's a bunch of feelings, opinions, whatever case may be. This is just straight. The, data. The, 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 the fact of the matter is to the, the way that the question was posed, this, this educational system was never built with us in mind in the first place. So if you pull it back to the inception of this educational system, didn't have us included. So of course, when we were included, it's going to be operated from a deficit. I mean, you got to think segregated schools was not that long ago. You know what I'm saying? When you look at, um, you, look, you look at the various industries, when you look at the, um, uh, making a, a livable, sustainable wage and those kind of things, all of that is an ecosystem that was developed. It wasn't something that was just, okay, we're going to throw these niggas out there and this is what it's going to be. No, this was strategically done in a way where there will never necessarily be um, for me, from my vantage point, there'll never, never be equality or even equity in the educational system because there's too much money being made. Otherwise it's just not going to happen in that, in that context. So you saying my, so I get what you're saying. It's like when people say the, uh, the system, um, we can't say the system is broken because it was correct. Never I mean, us, that, right? we, we, I mean, yeah, we, I feel we, that. we trying to, to, we talking about voting rights in 2022. I mean, come on now. I mean, let, let's just be Bro, real. They literally just had a march for vote for right. For I mean, so I mean, if, if, if you really want to break it down, this whole thing was never set up for us with us in mind in a way as we are peers or equals. So you can't expect it to shift mm -hmm. because you know it's the right thing to do, or you know it's, it's hard work for sure. But at the end of the day, um, it wasn't built with, with us in that in, in that capacity. Which goes back to my point. <laughs> that education happens in more than one place and we as black people cannot be self-reliant on the 
traditional K through 12 educational system to make pathways for our black children. And we have to be active participants in that process. That's all I was saying earlier. And I'm a whole true to that. So are you proposing homeschooling or? I'm not necessarily necessarily saying homeschooling. So we have to stop look like I always say, we have to stop looking at life as an either or and a both and start looking at it as a both mm-hmm. and. Like your children can go to K through 12 and then you can assist your children when they come home. There's plenty of times when my kids do stuff at school and then they come home to me and I have to assist them right. with their homework or help them with their reading or do all these things. But there are a lot of parents who don't do that for their children, black parents that don't do that for their children, not willing to sit down and help them with their homework, not willing to help them sit down and learn how to read, not staying on top of them about their assignments and what they need to be studying, what they need to be doing. And that's uh, across social class, social status. It There are rich black parents who don't sit down and do homework with their kids. There's poor black parents who don't sit down and do stuff with their kids. So I'm saying that we have to be active participants in our children's education. It doesn't Education doesn't stop just because they're not in the schoolhouse. Very true. Education happens, you know, in different, many different forms, many different environments, in many different societies. And what I'm saying is, we have to participate in that process. And as and this, and I know that you can feel this and understand what I'm about to say. As much as people capping for uh, critical race theory and all that type of stuff, as much as you I was about as, to bring it as up, as much bro. as you be as, as strongly up. as you be feeling about the system and the corrupt and oppression, and all that. Do you really want white teachers teaching your black kids about Juneteenth and slavery and all these other things? Because you know that the education system in America is predominantly white teachers, white female teachers female. at that. So do you would you rather your black children hear about Juneteenth and slavery and black leadership from you at home or from some white woman at some <laughs> public elementary school? <laughs> Or middle school that went to ECP. So I'm saying, University. like, you, you have you have to do it. Hey, the, the problem is, people, yo, the that, problem is people make excuse. Oh, no one taught me hey, that. No one taught me that. No one. Yo, taught me I want to I want to make an important point before the podcast. So for everybody listening, we know that CRT is not actively taught in any public school in America, and it is normally reserved for graduate level folks. However, CRT has somehow, some way, uh, it's been politicized into the. Uh, political, po- yes, the political discourse for that. So, Mel, you are right. What my hope was for CRT is, is that this is some type of, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that yet until it happens. I'm hoping for some type of after school programming or some type of online format that would allow for them not to be restricted because it's kind of dumb to put it in a public school system. Well, when we as black people do not have the institutional power to say, yes, this is going to be a part of the curriculum or no, it's not going to be a part of the curriculum. We show only like 13, 12% of the population. But what I will say is, is that my question to you is, is that you're right. There are some parents who don't take a vested interest in their children's academics. I can't say that for myself. My parents stayed on top of me. However, uh, I think the term was for latchkey kids. What do you say to people who Literally, because they're working two or three jobs, you got a single parent home. They're not able to do that. That's not everybody's story. Every black it's person not in America is not poor. Can we stop talking e- about that? Can we stop using that? though, Look, bro, bro. I know that I'm there are. I know that, that there are some poor. poor black communities. There are some poor black communities, but we always looking through the for, we always looking through the lens at black people as poor and less than and without and in lack. All black people not in that situation. All black people not poor and embarrassed. There's a lot of black people in the middle class that still don't participate in their children's. Okay, Drew, go ahead. So we ain't gonna talk about it, but you know, you know what I'm saying. And we're not gonna continue to sit here and act like all black yeah. people are in suffering and in lack and all that type of stuff because that's not true. There are some who are like that. There are some who are like that, but not all black people have that experience. 
So we can't keep we can't keep saying that. What do you say to what do you say to the single mother? What do you say to the to the person that worked two, three jobs and can't do it? No, bro. I'm asking you, if you look at the data, I'm asking you, why is there a disproportionate? Why is there an achievement gap? Why in places like Charlottesville, Virginia, Martinsville, Virginia, people are creating models like communities and schools. They have after school programming to address the achievement gap. So I'm not saying that every black person is in poverty. I, what I'm asking you is, is that when you look at different situations, because there's not a one size fits all. Every parent that's not involved in their child's life is not because they don't want it to be. What I'm saying is, is that I use one example. There's a rhyme or reason as to why they are not as involved in what they need it to be. And more times than not, it's not about now my personal opinion. There is no middle class. And that's a whole nother conversation for white or black people. There's no such thing as a middle class. Mostly people are working class poor. But my point is, is simply this. There are rhymes and reasons on why people are not able to be actively engaged in their uh, children's academics. Sometimes it's not poverty. Sometimes it's substance abuse. Sometimes it's mental health. What I'm saying is, is that in my line of work or in my thought process, I try to make it an equitable playing field for kids who want more and have the ability to do more. And I try to create access for them to be able to do that so they don't fall through the gaps if their parents aren't able to be there for whatever myriad of reasons there may be. So I'm not looking at black people in a poverty mindset. What I'm saying is, is that, as Lace just said, there's an oppressive system or an oppressive ecosystem that does not allow for every parent, even white or black, to be as involved in their child's academics as their counterparts or other parents. Well, I think it, it, and it does boil down to choices and decisions. Yes, we look, often look at it from a, a lens of deficiency. Because, um, I mean, even when we talk about, because I even have told people at, at previous jobs, I'm not going to refer to a student who is at a four-year private institution as an at-risk student. That's looking at them from a lens of deficiency. At the end of the day, they just need additional assistance in certain areas so that they can uh, you know, achieve the goal that they have set out for. But we have to shift our mentality and how we look at certain things um, and the language that we use, of course, in, the, in describing um, others uh, in, in certain situations. But at the end of the day, I, I do believe that it, it boils down to choices and decisions because some of those same individuals that have been described, I have, I, I, and I used to mentor this kid, Great kid, played basketball, was going to be, you know, the next XYZ, was struggling in school. Okay. The way my pops taught taught me, if you bring a C home, you're not playing nobody's football. You ain't playing. You ain't playing nobody's basketball. Right. You but ain't playing. away from a lot of that. And no resource is going to shift that mentality because a lot of times now parents are like, well, he might be struggling in this, but I want him to have fun. I want him to have an outlet. I want him to have something to do. Nah, yep. we got to hone in on some yep. of these things and make sound decisions because what we're doing now is an enabling piece where now you're looking for somebody to do something for you. And so it's definitely a both end. Resources are necessary. We know that some um, have more than others and that they, we have to address those things. But it's not, as you mentioned earlier, Drew, it's not a one size fit all for sure. And it's circumstance as well, because I was also in another area where it was very, it was a rural area, um, but it was poor rural white people. They dealing with some of the same stuff that you that you are mentioning. I'm sure you see that in your line of work as well. So it is is definitely um, a large scale systematic issue that that affects more than you know certain ethnicities. And it takes and it takes more effort because our schools were never meant to to help individual students. They they corral twenty to thirty students in one room 
try to ed- give the education. If you catch it, you catch it. If you don't, we move on. Yeah, yeah, that's real. That's, that's just how that's just hey, how bro, it is. And I just know for a fact that they giving kids resources, bro. Literally last year, when all the kids were sent home because of COVID, in the low in the low level community, lower level communities, they gave them kids Chromebooks. They gave them kids hotspots for those who don't got internet at home. They gave them all the resources, and you'd be surprised how many kids was not logging into class. Won't log into the class, won't doing their assignments. Parents won't making them log in, make, won't making them do their assignments, etc. What's the excuse in that situation? When you've been given all the tools that you need to do or need to have in order to be successful and you still don't do it anyway, and then there's no one telling you to do it. You can make all the resources and programs you want, but if people not going to make it important to them and tap into it, it's, no, it's, it's, it's useless. You can't, make, you can't change somebody that don't want to be changed. You can't fix somebody that don't want to be fixed. And, you know, like, Drew, you're very passionate about education because it was important for your parents to make sure that you valued education. It was important to them. So they made it a point to educate you and your brother to show you the importance of education, to push you towards building your education, all that. Everybody's parents not doing that for them. You know what I'm saying? Low class, whatever. So it's like you could we could talk about this all day but if you ain't going to use the resources well, well about to it. your point i mean like i like i just stated how my pop said if you bring a c home ain't going to be no extracurriculars etc that was all the motivation that i needed he was not involved in my schooling whatsoever he won't check in, <laughs> he won't check in no homework he won't check in no papers he won't check in none of that i just knew that if i bought a c home all that extra stuff was going to be shut down so i got about i was about my business um so again everybody's different um, in that capacity, but it does, it was a structure that I needed, um, to make sure that I did what I had to do. And and that structure can look vastly different for, for others. That's so funny. My, Yo, my parents didn't, my parents didn't care about, they won't trying to check my homework. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> my parents didn't, my parents didn't even know I was bringing home report cards. I show, I get, I, Hey, I got my report card. Oh, you got a report card. Oh, let me look at they Like they won't check in on that stuff. Nowadays, um, sorry about that. My microphone just uh, messed up. Nowadays, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. Um, parents can look at their students' gr- oh, their kids' grades day. immediately. You see everything, yeah. bro. I get updates in the middle of the Text day to know messages, if they're acting up all or not. That. Yeah, all of that. All of that. And if and if you got uh, if you got that, and a parent doesn't want to take uh, doesn't want to put any effort into helping their child, then what can the system do if their own core doesn't even really care? Right. right. Hey, so the term we use in human services is a lack of executive function. And so, you know, what you guys are talking about is like being timely, remembering deadlines, following up and things like that. And so Melvin is right. You, we place all these resources around people, but they do not have executive function. Like that's the core piece, that core piece to be motivated to do something. If people lack executive function for again, a myriad of reasons. It may be, uh, I'm not talking about like uh, overall trauma as an ethnic group. I'm talking about individual trauma, whatever the case may be. So in my type of work, people have a lack of executive function. So it's easy for us to think, you know what? Air, well, everybody not going to work because we got snow, but two weeks from now or in the summertime where there's no issue about going to work because of the weather, everybody's going to know I got to set an alarm on my alarm clock. That's a place of privilege, like we talked about, you know what I'm saying, in the previous episode, that I know to do that. If you don't have good executive function, you're not going to think to do that. You're not going to be timely about your appointments, and certain things are not going to matter to you. So, again, if you are a mother or a father, and you're worried about putting dinner on the table, 
you're not going to be necessarily worried about certain aspects. Again, as Melvin said, that's not everybody's experience, but in the type of field that I work and the people that I've worked with, they have low levels of executive function and their ability to be able to handle everyday tasks as we For sure. Do. So how are we to address that? I mean, can we fix that or does someone have to take initiative to want to what's a lack of life it's a lack of life skills but that 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 can easily be taught and they have places that can teach you that on a regular basis one is called jail because they will they tell you when to get up (laughs) they tell you when to go to sleep (laughs) they tell you when you go eat so that is one place you can learn it or you can figure it out in in a sound way like anybody else um you know what i mean but lace real talk lace cats get out of jail and because they they do get put on that regiment they do get put on their schedule and everything like that they get out of jail and they get freedom and they don't even know what and that's what i'm saying because they recidivism because i mean why you think think about people that we know that have been in the military it's a regimen. You are taught. You are expected to do X, Y. So there are there are ways to do it. You know what I'm saying? That you can pick up on these life skills. But sometimes it takes someone with an iron fist to exploit that to make that happen. I mean, hell, I had a student, um, you know, at the beginning of last year who didn't want to go to community college. He was a star athlete in high school, um, had an opportunity to play at Fayetteville State. I said, OK, so how you go get to Fayetteville State? They say the coach said that he will give you a spot if you get your grades right. But you don't want to go to class. Ain't no helping nobody like that. You can't have the end goal if you're not willing to do what it takes to get there. So all he had to do was go one semester community college, get his grades right. Then he got a spot um, at Fayetteville State where he wanted to be. Which would have been paid for because you could have got Pell Grants to pay for a whole semester. Community community college was free for anybody who graduated from North Carolina High School this whole past year. So he was going for free regardless. So my question to him was, because he was bought to me, I said, what are you willing to do to make this happen? What what, what are you willing to, to sacrifice to do? Well, I just want an opportunity. You can't help nobody like that. My opportunity is right there. You just got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And they told you what you needed to do. So some things some people just not go do, and it's being handed to them. You know what I'm saying? Some people are just individuals who have to learn the hard way, and that's just what it is. That's just what it is. An opportunity ain't going to always be there. I feel your passion. Hold on, y'all. Drew about to bring up some more trauma that people go through for why they can't live life properly. Go ahead, bro. (laughs) You are being very courageous just now. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. As you all told me about me being privileged, it sounds like a lot of privilege in the room. However, this is my point. My point is, is simply this. Um, as discussed earlier, you know, I can't, you can't necessarily say that's fixing a person. But when it comes to executive function, at least what I do for the clients that I have, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. You in uh, what you call it court for child support. You got a couple of charges from, you know, what I'm saying your past. There are all these different variables that are you know what i'm saying that are uh that are going on and what people on the nonprofit field are, are figuring out nonprofits can't solve every problem for everybody and at least one agency can't do everything for everybody so then right. you have what's called a um a continuum of care or a coalition so my agency we have uh, two programs where we have dream builders and key. So we get you involved in an academic program. We get you involved in mental health counseling. And then we also give you a financial coach. 
then you may go to another agency for, you know, we just partnered with another agency for food. We got another agency that will help you with transportation. We're about to try to get something started with a local mechanic shop that if you have, um, you know, an issue with your car, they'll fix your car for free. And so it's just like when I was doing work at Homeless Services, I can't ask you to be able to keep uh, an apartment or keep things up if you got some mental health issues going on, if you can't be able to keep a job. And so, you know, I've just learned everybody has a story. And if you take the time to talk to somebody, you know what I'm saying? You can kind of understand that. So what I would tell the listeners is if, you know, if you have an opportunity, uh, join a nonprofit board, serve, volunteer, do whatever the case may be, Um, because you may be in a position where these issues uh, are not problematic for you. But, you know, there is somebody uh, that's struggling in some form of capacity uh, that needs your expertise in a certain matter uh, area matter. Now, that right there was a good call to service that was really good because we just presented that this is a problem that's going to be ongoing and we need people we need we need it as many resources as we got already we just need more people to be there to want to be able to touch people that was really good call mm-hmm. to service hey amen the power is on nonprofit boards you know it's not with the executive director the ceo you have power to change people's lives on a nonprofit board. You decide where the money is going to go to, how services are delivered. And so, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to be impactful in a lot of people's lives that I know had I not necessarily been there to intervene, uh, they wouldn't have had a home uh, they wouldn't have gotten to school or whatever the case may be. So I can't necessarily have the mentality that I'm going to sit on my hands and say, you know, what some people just need some extra help making the connection to be like, yo, this is what I got to do to get to my end goal. I also just want to say <laughs> that for those out there listening, um, you too also have the power to change your own life. You have everything that you need to do that. You just need to make a decision unless you are a person with a chemical imbalance that is literally keeping you from being able to make sound and logical decisions. You have everything that you need and you have to be an active participant in your growth. All these resources are available to you. I encourage you to tap in and connect with someone but healing from trauma and all the stuff that y'all talking about does not happen by osmosis. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about privilege tonight and, oh, you sound privileged, you sound privileged, you sound privileged. I can't speak for everybody on this podcast, but I know for a fact that I have not always lived in a position of privilege. And some of the privileges that I have right now is because I earned them and I worked for them. And it is uncomfortable. <clears throat> you're going to go through things that you're not familiar with. Did I have to pick up some books and read and learn some stuff that I didn't know that nobody, that nobody taught me. No one took the time to show me. Absolutely. But I was willing to be uncomfortable for a little while so that I could have a different lifestyle mm-hmm. later on. So to sit there and to continue to just list trauma and all these other reasons why we can't make progress. I just want us to get away from that because we as people are very capable. Black people are capable. We made it through slavery, Jim Crow, civil rights, all those things with oppression, everything pressed up against us. So we have everything that we need in order to make a change. We just have to be active participants in that. So what's the moral of the story? <laughs> get sorry, a, get, get us the, the moral of the story I'm is the... get a study Bible, <laughs> get on the internet, get, on the internet get to work. Get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, for everyone listening, I'm sorry I keep laughing. If you, you if you could see the facial expressions on Mel's face, like the fed upness <laughs> that is on his face right now, <laughs> he made a mo he made the most prolific statement just now. However, preceding that prolific statement, he had the most disgusted look on his face. 
Mel turning that into some of them old heads that up. he used to talk about. But that's that's a that's a conversation for another day. Bruh, I'm trying so <laughs> I'm not turning into an old head that people used to that I used to talk about. I just I just see both sides of the lens now. I've had an opportunity to be on both sides of the fence, right? So I'm just I'm not telling people something that I heard or whatever. I'm telling people what I've lived and what I know to be true. It. That's I all I'm it, saying. Bro. That's it. Hey, y'all, on the next podcast, we're going to discuss the problems of exceptionalism. Mm. And uh, we look forward to talking to y'all mm. then. Hey, uh, what what is that real quick? <laughs> so I can be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Hey, bro. Yo. Yo. What is, let me, don't worry about it. I'm going to Google it later. I'm going to Google it later. I'll Google it when we get off. For those who are listening and you're watching us, please go watch us on YouTube. This is very comical if you can see our faces. And comment in the section of where you stand on some of the topics that we talked about today. You know, how do you feel about the whole Mike Ty situation that just took place? How do you feel about education um, and resources for underprivileged people, specifically people of color uh, that are going on? Go ahead and, uh, and, and comment. Uh, like and subscribe and share with your friends because we want to we want to continue this discussion hey on that note man i ain't even gonna say nothing else troy way to close this out hey keep sticking with us keep rocking with us like and subscribe on youtube we up now y'all see our faces i heard a bunch of people last week in the comments talking about finally y'all put faces and names and all that type of stuff so you know we appreciate y'all and until next time we out peace